When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, I'll focus on contracts after the season. Uh, our main thing is reaching to that goal, uh, but I'm not really too fond of money. Uh, I'm really just trying to get that goal of being the best receiver. So, so many great things about that clip. We're going to get into the the not too fond about money comment there on Judd's camp observations, but how great must it be Merch. to develop a touchdown dance and have it turn into a logo that you wear on your own head on yep. a hat, yeah. you know, and sell right. So I look and have it not even be like vain or weird. It's just right. like, yeah, of course, of course he's, he's got a, a gritty pose hat on his head. Why wouldn't he? My, uh, the, the girlfriend's baby brother, who's 15 and just a diehard Vikings fan uh, and who loves JJ more than anything else in the world, wants that sweatshirt more than anything else. And I, I did a deep dive trying to find it. I have no idea. So I, I if you, if you go see JJ today, please ask him where oh, I can I buy that there, sweatshirt. There was a site where you could actually purchase the merchandise. I, he has apparently like a Justin Jefferson Shopify, like account, yeah. but it's locked. Like I can't get it. Like it's not completed yet. At least according to I'll Google. I'll ask around for you. Thank you. Let me know. No problem. That'd be great. No problem. I'm glad you brought up merchandise shops because between now and August second, we have a Purple Daily pop up shop available at scorenorth.com/shop, where you can get your Before I Die official shirts, Purple Daily hats and koozies, and we also have Purple and Gold Score North themed shirts as well. All items are free shipping. It's a it's a shop for just the continental USA. At some point, we might be able to do something for our international listeners. But uh, yeah, orders are uh, are going to be taken between now and midnight on August second. So thanks to everyone who's put in an order. We're trying to spread some merchandise love around the Vikings fan community here. We're going to get into Judge training camp observations, but Purple Daily is daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die here. And uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 30V 5G smartphone, enjoying blazing fast 5G speed and an AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system, ultra-realistic and true-to-life visuals powered by NextVision, and booming sound from dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. All right, Judd, you were sitting out there with I think two different notebooks. I heard you got your right. you got your uh, your walkthrough notebook. You got your actual practice notebook. You have two, and uh, this one I got. Oh my god, one, you have two! I got a phone that I take notes in and send de- send decks. Is there a pencil in your hat like Patricia videos. at camp? Are you are you? Is there no, a I'm, I'm not Ticey. Okay, that's Ticey. Okay, Ticey had the great pencil ear thing going during games. A lot of times he. Yeah. Use that as a signature move. 
Well, let's let's go through however many observations you made yesterday. Let's go through Judd's Vikings training camp observations from day one of Camp KOC. Absolutely. So I want to start with the Jefferson soundbite that Dex played and and contextualize when when he says, quote, I'm not too fond of money, the takeaway from that that quote, which by the way, will no question in about a year be used against him if he has not signed a new contract. But that being said, what I think he's saying, and I'm pretty certain, is this. The money doesn't drive me, but the thought of success and the thought of being um, put among the greatest, if not the greatest current wide receiver class in the National Football League does. And so he can say and be telling the truth, hey, I'm not driven by the dollar, but I am driven by the fact that a year from now when I show up for training camp, I want to be considered, and I think there's no question about this, he made this clear, he does, the best wide receiver in the league. And if we have seen what is going on in the last few months with receiver contracts, right, that means I don't care about what the financial figures are from a standpoint of I can go buy 18 cars, but he's definitely going to care, and he should, from uh, you are considered the best receiver in the league and therefore have to be paid like that. So so don't just interpret that to, to mean Justin saying, oh, I'll come back on the cheap. I don't care. He cares. It's just that he's trying to tell you I don't care about the actual cash. What I care about is the stature of the fact that I am considered in a year number one on a list that has a lot of good wide receivers. Yeah, I think it, it, the receiver position is the one that's just skyrocketed the last five years in terms of value, and I think there's there's just more good receivers even being drafted. Mm-hmm. Just think about all the young stars we've seen from Devonte Adams eight years ago all the way up to the Jeffersons and the Jamar Chases, and for a long time it was it was perceived more as a it was a position that the quarterback sort of made right. It was it was uh, Brett Favre and Dan Marino yes. and and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning that would make a receiver. Not that Reggie Wayne wasn't talented or some of the New England wide receivers, the Julian Edelmans and the Wes Welkers of the world, but it was, what would those guys really be? Remember Eric Decker went for a a huge season with Peyton Manning back in the day, you know, to whatever year that was, like 2013, and then he goes to the Jets on a three-year, $20 million contract and is never to be heard from again, right? And we've seen that before. Sidney Rice goes away from Brett Favre. He's never to be heard from again. I don't think that's true with these current receivers. So you have to make a, a tough decision if you're a friend. I get if you're the Packers and you're paying Rodgers $40 million, why you might not want to pay Devontae Adams in his late 20s, 30, whatever, $25, $30 million. But if you're the Vikings and Kirk Cousins is 34 and his contract's up in a couple of years, I'm paying Justin Jefferson. And if it means I have to move off of Kirk for a younger, cheaper quarterback, I'm choosing Jefferson in that situation. And you're probably not going to have room for both. But I have right. no problem paying Justin Jefferson with how talented he is. I think you have to. I think you absolutely do. Um, he, he is, yes. When he says, I a year from now, want to be the top receiver in this league, there are guys who say things, and you're like, no, dude, you know what? You are, like, the, nice thought, but no chance. And he is saying, I want to be considered the elite of a position group that, to what you're talking about, Phil, has a lot of elite talent, and I don't doubt him. Like, I'm not saying, yeah, you'll be lucky to be fifth or fourth. Um, 
And so I think that if you have to, I don't know, move on from Dalvin Cook, like you're going to have to do whatever you need to do financially to keep him. I just don't Mm -hmm. see, I don't see a way that you can allow a talent that great to escape. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not a good or great. He is a superstar player. Just and thankfully, star. because he's not fond of money, it's not going to cost that much anyway, so the Vikings are in great shape. All right. All right. Talking point two from training camp. So, the, as we talked about in the scoop with Dukes, the Vikings have the opportunity to have 16 padded practices. That's the, the league caps it at 16. Um, O'Connell, in his introductory press conference, uh, or his first press conference for training camp, said we're going to do 11 days in full pads. So they're going to shave off quite a few days that they could potentially, which has led to the suspicion of how easy is this camp going to be, right? Like, how laid back? Like, are you guys going to do work that requires off of day one the thing that impressed me? And I think it's important. The tempo of practice, I would say, was a tempo that I have not experienced on day one of training camp from this team before. Like, Zimmer would go through stuff, and I'm not saying that guys uh, completely slacked, but O'Connell has this team moving, drill to drill to drill, and he's got them going through reps quickly. And and I think it's also a mental thing because they're all trying to learn new schemes, and so it's extremely important to to catch on. And I think if you sort of lollygag through it, that's not going to help you as much. And so I will say that for all that we're not going to see contact and not see the former toughness that we did in training camps of yesteryear. I do think that the pace being at a high rate is probably a good thing. So I have a dumb question. I'm probably putting way too much weight into the pace of the first training camp practice here. But over the last few years, the Vikings have had some major issues when it comes to like two minute, four minute defense. I think offense was a little better last year, but there's been times where the offense has been just kind of bad or plotting or, not organized in the two-minute. Defense was historically bad in those situations. Mm-hmm. Does practicing more up-tempo and processing things in practice more up-tempo, does that help in those live bullet situations in games, do we think, when everything is sped up naturally? I think so, definitely. Yes, yes. And and the one thing where, because, you know, you can't hit a ton here, the one thing that I think that you can actually have in your practice is tempo. So yes, I I would say that essentially making guys work and think quickly is all upside. That unless a guy flat out doesn't get it and he screws up the drill 18 times, right? In which case you got to slow it down and talk to him. But I think for what they're trying to do and in putting in an atmosphere where we are going to be go, 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 go. Yes, I, I think that that could definitely, if that's your daily approach to life, it's going to translate to games, right? I would say so. You know, we should do that. We should we should designate one episode of Purple Daily every week where we're just we're talking at t- twice the speed. We're giving our takes fast. Declan's re- you know, doing the reads fast, etc. It's like a, like, a, like an eight minute episode. We're just so we're go up tempo episode of Purple Daily. Here we go. Come on. I'm so we're 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 yesterday. People do listen to podcast because that's an option, like on I know. podcast, and it, it yes. blows my mind. I just like how do I, you comprehend it? I have no idea. Thank you. Well, you can do you can do one and a half speed. You can do two speed. Does anyone ever listen to podcasts on down? half speed where it sounds like you're drunk? <laughs> could argue that you could argue that that's what this that's show sounds like, anyways. Kevin O'Connell works with the <laughs> offense. 
All right, talking point three. I've got some highlights. Wait, 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 wait. Are these talking points or observations? We need to know observations, for, talking for, points for, for branding hold on, purposes. Hold on a second here. Important. Hold on a second here. We have I, a whole situation. I the labeled system. them as training camp day one talkers observations in the note I sent out. So they're talkers observations. I mean, this is the notebook. I got two notebooks. I'm clearing them out we, for you listen, guys. We just need to know from a branding perspective if these are judge observations called? or judge talking points. I'll defer to Declan. Are they? Are they observations? They're, both. they're notes. They're notes. They're okay, notes. notes. Yeah, they're notes. I, I feel okay. like notes don't carry the notes. impact, though, of talkers and observations. Anyway, notes. okay. All right, do you want some <laughs> you hi- two notebooks. Do you want some highlights from yesterday? I've got a couple. Oh, now in, they're highlights. My okay. observations. Do you want a couple of on-the-field things I saw but was not allowed to, to film because that had been cut off? The first one is this. Rookie cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., second round pick, by my by my observation of the practice, had the only team drill interception picking off Kirk Cousins. It was so Cousins is struggling. It was a great it was a great pick. It was a diving pick. Goes to the ground, gets up, takes off. But what I'm saying is now Booth is is with the second team at corner, I think on the outside. Uh, the first team outside corners are Cam Dantzler and Patrick Peterson. My point is this. Andrew Booth Jr., second-round pick. The Vikings are very high on him. I'm not going to be surprised if they allow anyone to push Dantzler if it is Andrew Booth Jr. Andrew Booth Jr. is so interesting here because he's – it sounds like the Vikings actually had him as a first-round grade and were – I know this is cliche, but very pleasantly surprised and happy that he fell to where he did. But but what you just reported here is going to be the interesting spin on something, right? Oh, the deep look at look at this interception by this young cornerback. But on the flip side, is Kirk being more aggressive and trying to fit footballs into tighter windows and making mistakes in the new offense? I don't know. Does the truth lie somewhere in between? For this one, we'll just give credit to the good young cornerback for picking wow, off. Wow, you're going to try you tell on- me. He, but if you tell me he picks off a uh, two passes in practice, then. Are you Maybe panic? it's Kirk struggling to pick up the system. Are you going to panic? <laughs> All right. Highlight observation note, whatever you, you want to call it. Number Notes. two. Number two. My guy, tight end Johnny Munt, who knows this system inside and out and came from the Rams, made what I consider to be the catch of the day, a leaping grab of a Cousins pass over Lewis Seen. It so he had to leap to catch the Cousins a pass. A hell huh? of a catch. Uh, it was, was a jump pass? So, I love sounds the like the pass, pass was sailed a little bit. Too. It was a little bit. Yeah. Little I'm pass? not going to lie to you guys. It was jump sailed a bit. Sounds like it's accuracy's football. been an issue early Uh-oh. in camp for Kirk Cousins. This is football. Things are going to move fast. Again, they were moving quick, quick pace. <laughs> quick, 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 quick. Johnny Munt, though, I'm telling you, knows the system. I just think you might so, be a sleeper to make this roster. So Johnny Munt, is it possible he has better abilities in the pass-catching game than maybe he's been allowed to to show in college or the NFL? I'm starting or was to this suspect a, that. No, I'm starting to you know. suspect that the Rams, and look, the Vikings might do the same exact thing, that they didn't really value him c- catching passes. I'm going to say this, too, though. Johnny Munt is built like a guy that Kirk would throw to a lot, oh, if he possibly Please, could. Tyler Conklin. Uh, yeah, he's built. I mean, he's just a big guy. He's a target. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying right now, like, this is the type of guy who Kirk's like, oh my God, what should I do with the football? What should I do? Johnny Munt. Bang. Johnny Munt. All of this Kirk Cousins slander here in I'm the not, last five minutes. That's you, know? you. I'm not slandering Cousins. I'm giving props to Johnny well, you Munt. You just did right there. Yeah. Andrew Booth. I'm just saying he's the type of guy. Johnny Munt's the type of guy. 
And plus, the names are so great. Just, the name is so great. He's just the type of guy? He's the type of guy that Kirk just, likes to look at. He's just say, the you type are of my guy. guy. He's that type of guy. Kirk found Justin Jefferson yeah. 100 plus times last yeah. year, too. He's the type of guy, but too. Johnny Munn's the type he's of the guy. the type of okay. guy. <laughs> type of guy. I'm just telling you. Safety net. Bail out. All right. My next note is this, and this is going to be the continuing, probably one of the top storylines of training camp. Um, and that is Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion appeared to be basically splitting reps for the second team QB job. But from what I saw, there is no question, and this is not a surprise, but it's intriguing, that Kellen Mond is going to get a long, long look to be the second guy. Um, so this is going to be like, this is going to unfold in a, a way that's going to be completely different, of course, than we saw with Mike, which was, oh, a young quarterback, bleep that. He's going to get a lot of chances here. Hey, I, so I have a question here, and, and this it might be an unfair question after one day of practice, but in what you've observed so far, and you were at OTAs and mini camps and stuff too, but how much time is Kevin O'Connell spending with offense compared to defense, and how much time is he spending within these practices from what you can observe with the backup quarterbacks, with Kellen Mond? Or is it a lot of Kirk Cousins, we've got to get the first team up to speed on what we're trying to do here? primarily O'Connell himself it looks to me like he's spending really probably the majority of time with the offensive side and when he's with the uh with the QBs it's the whole group so like I don't I can't hear him but I don't sense like a cousins like I I gotta go talk to Kirk 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 um I think he is observing the entire group and I'm telling you I think that Mannion is a pseudo coach right now like he's still got work and I don't know if he's going to make the roster or not, but my guess is if O'Connell is paying special attention to two quarterbacks, two of the three, it's got to be Kirk and Kellen, right? Yeah, probably. Here was uh, Kellen Montu at Darren Doogie Wolfson on the field after practice uh, yesterday. Every year is a different evaluation period and, um, you know, certain things that I thought I need to work on in college, you know, certain things I, I may change from those things coming till now, so um, you know, I think the, the work is usually evaluating and understanding what you need to do um, to continue to get better, not necessarily, you know, how hard you're putting in the work. It's it's just interesting to hear from him because I just feel like he's been in witness protection since he got drafted. You know, he missed a big chunk last year of training camp because of COVID, and you know, it's uh, yeah. so just just hearing him talk and seeing him throw practice preseason will be will be interesting. We've kind of reached the halfway point here, I think, of Judd's notes, observations, and takes, and. Uh, takeaways <laughs> and so let's cheers to the summer of surly here as we embark on another oh, vikings God, training yeah. camp yeah so i'm out there at camp hot day i mean gorgeous but you know it's a little hot and i i'm taking notes in my two notebooks i'm taking pictures and and videos for declan and you know all i could think about is i got to get home to my fridge because in my fridge, the summer of Surly is being celebrated 24 hours a day. And it's got a logic bomb. And a logic bomb. Now, that is the perfect way to wind down from day one of training camp. Of course, you might say, no, 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 Judd. It's the Supreme. Or how could you go away from the Furious? Whatever you choose, the summer of Surly has you covered. It has you covered like a shutdown corner. Only it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, no offense to cornerbacks, you know. Sure, they are delicious as well. But um, let's also talk about our friends at Equity Partners here. So so Ryan, who was on Write That Down last week making his predictions, he's one of the co-owners of Equity Partners, which offers some great services 
for those of you in the market to sell a house. Okay, let's start with the WeHab program where they partner with you and they'll anything from simple fixes all the way up to full remodels, they will take that project on and get you the absolute most value for your home and they will allow you to make an offer on your next home non-contingent on the sale of your current home so you don't have to worry about sweating the timing of the transactions. Learn more at equitypartnersmn.com. That's equitypartnersmn.com. All right, back to Judd's camp observations. All right, Counts. excitement Notes. here. I've got excitement for you. There is no way to spin this into a Kirk rip. There is nothing about this that, that, that is bad. This is all good, and this should excite the fan base very much. We got our first look at the use of Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith first-team defense. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Vikings weren't joking. These guys are going to line up all over the place. Uh, There were times when uh, Zadarius Smith would be standing up uh, over the right tackle, and Hunter would have his hand down on the right side over the left tackle. There was one time at least where Zadarius moved inside right by Hunter on the right side. And Zadarius was going against Ezra Cleveland. And let's just say Ezra didn't win the matchup. Zadarius Mm. exploded Mm. past him. Exploded. Um, Zadarius Smith, because of how he has, I think, played the game for the majority, if not all of his career, is going to be standing up. Daniil is going to be standing up at times and 100% have his hand down at times as well. Last thing off this, we're going to call this a 3-4 base scheme because, God, I love to say that. Um, This defense is going to be as multiple as you can get. It's going to be 3-4 times. It's going to be 4-3. It's going to show, uh, and I, I mean, this is off day one at training camp. It's going to show a variety of looks, but I can't tell you the potential, if they stay healthy, nightmares Hunter and Smith are going to cause, especially Phil and Dex, when they go up against interior offensive linemen. The guards don't want that smoke, man. And the center, yep. I, love, I love it. I just love it. It just feels like the entire philosophy here. And by the way, Zimmer did a good job of this in his heyday as a defensive coach, too, so I don't want to make this a black-and-white statement of the new coaches are going to do this compared to Zimmer. But it sounds like Kevin O'Connell wants the offense and the defense to dictate. They aren't worried about, oh, but the defense is showing us this, and so therefore we must do this. They're thinking, what can we draw up where it doesn't even really matter much what they're doing? We're going to put Justin Jefferson where we want to. We're going to put Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith where we want to and make them have to adjust. So I just I, I sort of love the aggressiveness of of the approach schematically on both sides of the ball here. And again, Zimmer with his double A gap blitz and some of the exotic schemes. And Hunter, yeah, did a lot of that too. Hundred percent. And 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 wasn't it the Saints playoff game where he just he shifted Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin to the interior in the second half of that game? So there were some innovative things happening there too. But yes, just a lot of interesting and innovative things happening here with. What they want to do anyways. We'll see if they can execute it in the actual games in a, in a couple months from now. Okay, last a c- couple of things. Let's get to some depth chart questions. Yes, like, yes. where's Lewis Seen, Judd? Where's Lewis Seen playing? You haven't talked about him yet. 22 minutes in. The, he's their first-round pick. He's with the second-team um, defense. Josh Metellus is the other safety there. The first-team safety's on day one, Harrison Smith. Cam Bynum, who, by the way, got an opportunity to play after being a 2021 draft pick when Smith was out with COVID in Baltimore. And I think we were all impressed. 
So right now, right now, at least, it looks like they are going to make scene beat out Cam. And you know what? In this case, that's not a bad idea because Bynum probably, given what he put on tape last season, deserves a look. Yeah, I love this. This is a good problem to have. I think where I would have some questions is okay let's say let's say scene beats out Bynum or let's say Bynum beats out scene but you you really have three starting caliber good safeties is there room for three not all the time but is there oh, is there room for 100%. Cam Bynum yes. to get you know 30 snaps in a game yeah there is okay the linebackers dude are so small you can't tell them from safeties so there's a thousand percent yes yes that that position is has evolved to the point now where I think there are safeties that look more intimidating than guys who are uh, on the depth chart at linebacker. So, yes, you could definitely go to packages that have um, Bynum, Seen, and Smith and not be concerned about, oh, my God, you're not going to stop, you know, the run potentially or something. All right, the last thing depth chart-wise, first-team offensive line. First-team offensive line is from left to right, Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, running unopposed right now, unopposed. Jesse Davis is the right guard, Brian O'Neill, the right tackle. The second team line, left to right. Ole Udo has not only been moved back to tackle, left tackle. Chris Hmm. Reed, who we thought might compete, and he still might, for the right guard, is the left guard with the second team. Austin Schlotman is the backup center. Ed Ingram, the draft pick, is the right guard, which indicates to me that there is a chance that Ingram is actually going to be the one to compete with Davis for the starting spot at right guard. And then Blake Brandle is the right tackle. And so third team then would include Wyatt Davis probably at right guard, Josh Sokol at center. Yeah, probably. In terms of just like guys that we've talked about that could have an outside chance to make a team. But these are kind of, they're probably going to keep eight or nine offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So Derrissaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, Jesse Davis, O'Neill, that's five. Ole Udo's probably going to make the team just because he can, he's able to play different positions. Chris Reed's going to make the team. Austin Schlotman, if he's your backup center right now, is going to make the team. That's eight. And then Ed Ingram is probably nine, right? Yeah. Blake Brandle won't. Jesse Davis can Davis. play some tackle. He was the starting yep. right tackle for the Dolphins. He was bad. Yes. But in terms of, okay, if, who, if you're keeping nine, who are your backup tackles? Udo and Jesse Davis. Who are your backup centers? Schlotman and Reed. Who are your guards? Cleveland, Davis, Ingram, right? So Blake Brandle probably on the outside looking in unless they keep 10 or there's a surprise cut. Yes. And then the question is, is there room for Chris Reed on the starting offensive line, either at right guard beating out Jesse Davis or if Bradbury struggles, does he move above Schlotman? So I'm I'm fascinated by this whole thing, even though it's kind of boring offensive line discussion. No, it's incredibly it's the, important. It's the, it's the most important unit that the Vikings have yet to fix over over years and years. Every day, <laughs> j- just to watch quarterbacks, running backs. I got that SPF 35 on because I'm watching linemen too. That's extremely important. If you rank these Vikings offensive linemen based on how much does their name sound like an offensive lineman? I think Austin Schlotman's he's, number one yeah, he's on the depth chart. He's yeah. negative 150 yeah, on the betting line. I think uh, Ezra Cleveland. There's yep. something about oh, yeah. Cleveland yes. just sounds yep. like dirt and mud and yep. blue right, collar. Right? Yeah. Derisaw, Derisaw sounds like a, a gritty name in there. Uh, Blake Brandle, i got to be honest, 
Doesn't sound, sound like, like an offensive like lineman. Punter. Sounds like that's Bradbury's yeah. problem. Like a punter. That's Bradbury's problem too. Yeah, Bradbury sounds Finding like a punter. guy that Blake Brandle lives next door. <laughs> hey Garrett, what's up? Hey Garrett, getting your newspaper. Yeah, mighty uh, fine. I also just yeah. I'm going through your notes here. Just some some things that are yeah, talk to me. left in the bag here. So the punt return spot is wide open right now. And uh, you know how I feel about my guy, Thomas Hennigan, who has the most college punt return experience, but yep. they get, looks like they got KJ Osborne back there trying again yep. after the disastrous 2000. I don't see a need for that, but whatever. Attempt. Okay. And they also have Jalen Naylor, Albert Wilson and mm-hmm. Amir Smith, Marset giving it a chance. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. And, and note that, that I then put Wilson Naylor and Osborne down as doing work post practice off the jugs machine as well. You gotta want it. Your your, your own patented machine. Football. Jugs is old guy. Jugs is old Yep, I sold it to him. It's been great, but you gotta want it. And you know what? <laughs> when you stay out there and you say, "Hey, equipment guy, feed those footballs into the jugs machine and let me catch them." Yeah. You also you just you want the media and you want coaches to walk by and see that you are still on the field, yes. even if you're not really doing anything meaningful, but you are sitting there on the other end of a jugs machine putting extra work in. The one guy who wouldn't leave and in fact I think he was the last guy still doing some work with a couple of receivers after practice on Wednesday, Sean Mannion. Good for him. Sean Mannion. Mon That's what that's what that's really what He's, if he's not going to win you a game on the field, then yep. he needs to help win games through elevating guys at practice or in the film the room, right? I, I think he makes the team. I think he's yeah, well, I mean, well, they don't coach. have a fourth quarterback they right now, him. so he's definitely. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. I just saw this uh, scroll across my uh, Twitter timeline. Sure. Wolves boss Tim Connolly is at Broncos practice today watching training camp. Yeah. Why isn't Tim Connolly at TCO watching the friends with. The Broncos people from his time. You mean he'd rather watch Nuggets. Russell Wilson, you know, cook wearing his own jersey into the parking lot than well, watch don't forget, Kirk Cousins and his mystery meet and his you know, rocks. And George Payton. Don't forget George is there. George is there. Good people. Sure. Doesn't he? Pro- is it? Is it likely that he hasn't finished the house selling and yeah, buying process? Why are you trying to create partners? Why are you trying to create controversy right now? I'm not creating controversy. Like I'm just wondering why the the new Pobo in town is not watching the, the, his local football team. Yeah, are we not good enough for you, Tim Connolly? Uh, yeah. Are we not, we, we not aren't part, good enough? I'm not makes part a Rigo Bear trading and just run back to Denver and watch Broncos practice. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Uh, we do have to get to a random Viking of the week here, but just in general, how great was it after months of coaching and front office changes and all the, the off-season fodder to actually just be back watching football practice, Judd? Well, two things about that. One, it was great because it, it's just fun. This is as eager as I've been to see the start of a season starting with training camp as I've been in years. Cause like everything's new now and it's completely changed. It, it's not a guy succeeding Childress. It's not Zim who became Dower. Uh, but the nice thing too is, is the practices are so quick now. And this one was done at such a high tempo and pace that it's actually fun to watch. Like my biggest complaint about football practice is when players meander from drill to drill, right? <laughs> and everybody's miserable and it's clear the players are. I genuinely sense, and I, I'm not surprised by this, but genuinely I will say I think that there is a sense of anticip- anticipation among the players that we have not seen in a long time. And you know what? It might go down the drain. I have no clue. But it it's fun to watch 
athletes that are enthused by their work. Did Kirk seem like he was too uh, too much affected by Quasi just slandering his name to the USA Today and having that story continue on think, for days think, and days? I don't think Kirk cared. I did they have a stare cared. down at any point? They did practice? talk about it. I did. I did hear that they sat they sat Kirk down and tr- tried to explain um, what Quasi actually was talking about, which was his philosophy of quarterbacks, as opposed to hey hey, do you trust Kirk Cousins? Absolutely not. Um, How did, so they definitely so told Kirk about this. And like, hey, that's what I meant. That story came out, and it wasn't like all over. It's only been all over the national news cycle right. the last forty eight hours. So they probably sat down. Is it likely they sat down before Kirk even caught wind of it? No. And I, then how do you how do you explain that? No, I think hey, it was so, uh, after it was published. It, it was probably before like it hit PTI on Wednesday, but I think it was after it was published, and then when it was painted of you know, which is true, but he's not Brady and stuff like that. And I think they sat him down and tried to explain what Quasi was trying to say, which was yeah, so awkward. This is my philosophy, <laughs> but Phil, how many times? And I'm not even. Uh, Placing blame here. How many times does Kirk end up in these sort of weird Seinfeld curbed situations <laughs> that are just like the incredibly plexi- the, the plexiglass yeah. COVID thing? Like he's like a oh, curbed man. character. The you like that, you like that yeah. meme, the mystery meet on Instagram. But he always seems to, for, yeah. for a guy who tries to say as little as possible, he sure seems to end up in like uncomfortable, weird predicaments a lot. No, it's, it's uh, he is a fault. Seinfeld character. Yeah, he's totally a Seinfeld Larry David and character. And Kirk I never sounds like a Seinfeld way, character. <laughs> hey, it's Kirk. Hello, Kirk. Kirk Cousins. He's the hey, neighbor. Guys. Just comes in. You got any? You got any? <laughs> he does. You guys got any white bread? <laughs> We're out of milk. You like that? Amazing. I mean, you're right. Uh, amazing. Uh, did you get any comments from any of your media brethren just about how great you look now compared to last training camp when you look like a disaster? <laughs> When I look look like a heavy set oaf, is that what you're trying to say? When I look like I should have been competing for the right guard spot, because damn it, I I did. I did not. But of course, those folks saw me in the spring at those camps and they said, Jim, what did you do? And I said, it wasn't me. Uh -uh -uh." It was my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me drop. And now it's 40 pounds. And the best part, I am keeping the weight off. You're looking at a guy who a couple of weekends ago was wearing clothes that I'm going to say back in the day to use Phil's quote when I was, quote, a disaster, did not fit me. I didn't even look at these clothes. I certainly didn't take them out of the closet because I knew they'd all be far too tight and simply not fit. But now, as I just said, I'm down 40 pounds. Dawn is down 12 pounds. So the Zolgad house down 50 plus pounds. And I want you to join me now with the Simple Start Plan, only $59. That's right, $59, 855-GO-LIVIA, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. If you're looking in the mirror right now and saying, you know what, Phil Mackey's right, I'm a disaster, Livia's the answer for you to turn it all around. Love it, love it. All right, it's time now, gentlemen, as we do every single Thursday here, uh, for the Random Viking of the Week. And it's presented by our friends at Brainerd International Raceway. Dex? Yeah, Brainerd International Raceway and Moto America. This weekend, five classes, 120 riders, 90 total super bikes. I can't not play the football sounder when I hear super bikes. 
going to be an absolute blast. 190 miles per hour with those super bikes. Uh, if you want to get up there this weekend, July 28th through the 31st, book your tickets and camping information at birmn.com. Brainerd International Raceway in Moto America this weekend. Birmn.com to check it out. So here's where we stand after almost a year of battle in Random Viking of the Week. Judd with a 29 to 15 lead over Declan. Judd on a five-game winning streak, correctly guessing Nate Burleson, John Sullivan, Jasper Brinkley, Cedric Griffin, and Matt Asiata. Before that, Declan had a four-game winning streak, guessing Latavius Murray, Marquise Gray, Corey Chavis, and Pat Williams, which brings us to this week's Random Viking. And here are the rules. I'm going to throw out a series of clues. You guys can guess up to three times incorrectly until you're eliminated. You can ask me questions. I can refuse to answer if I want for uh, you know integrity of the game. Right, yeah, of course. Okay. No Googling? Nope. This random Viking of the Week played college football in the Western Athletic Conference. The WAC. The, the WAC. Thanks. I think that's back-to-back WACs, because didn't Nate Burleson also play in the WAC? I think so. I moved on. In high school... This You're on to the next one. I'm year. on to the next one, dude. In high school, this random Viking of the Week was a letterman in football, basketball, and baseball. Actually, he was once part of a state championship high school baseball team. Okay. Okay. After retiring, this random Viking of the Week took over as head coach at a high school in Missouri. And his teams went on to be runners-up in the state championship game two years in a row. All that they ever actually broke through and won it, but became a high school coach. Hmm. Let's see here. This random Viking of the Week, as a sophomore in college, also handled punting duties, averaging 35.5 yards per punt. I'm going to take a guess. I think I'm wrong, but the coaching thing fits in. Um, fits into what this guy did. I don't know if it was in Missouri, though. I'm going to guess Gus Farratt. Wow, that oh, is damn. correct. Yes, Gus Farratt. Oh, he was in Missouri. 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Gus, my God. My guy. Amazing, That's dude. my guy. Get on the bus, Gus, man. No, Some fun. of the other. Yeah, I could see it. Some of the other clues here that I was going to throw out there. He was a seventh-round draft pick, a one-time Pro Bowler, played 147 career NFL games, uh, joined a pen. He was on. He was on with us, I think, uh, Radio Row Super Bowl because he was the vice president of brain health initiatives for a company called RC21X, helping football players. Yes, and uh, and he enjoys headbutting. Things, I was going to say he headbutted a wall once. Clue. That might explain the association. Dude, here's the list of coaches he played for. Brad Childress, Mike Shanahan, Scott Linehan, North Turner, Mike Tice, Nick Saban, Bobby Ross, and Dick LeBeau. Wow. That one Two-time year Viking. In Cincinnati. Two-time mm-hmm. Viking. Amazing. So, wow. Judd's reign continues here with his 30th career victory oh, on a random 30th. Viking. Do I get something for that? Week. Do, do I get anything? Yes, you get. I'm glad you brought this up. You get a T-shirt. A Before I Die t-shirt from the Purple Daily Pop-Up Shop at scorenorth.com yes. slash shop. Love it. But you'll have to pay for it yourself, actually. So, oh. But you get access to it at scorenorth.com oh. slash shop. Open until August 2nd at midnight. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap on wow. Judd's training camp notes. 
Judd's training camp notes, and he'll have more because you're heading back out to practice. And uh, we'll be doing this every single day. The season is on the horizon here. If you haven't yet, click subscribe on the Purple Daily and Score North YouTube channels. Click subscribe. We'll give you daily Vikings and Minnesota sports entertainment and therapy in return. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.